You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. I don't like 2.6 carbs, and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. I'm Matt Morris, your NBA writer for the Action Network, joined as always by Adam Marez from DNBR. Yo, Nugget yo. The Nugget season is over. The playoffs continue. We'll talk a little bit about that. Today we're going to talk about the news, the latest Nuggets land, including could assistant coach be leaving? Uh, an old mm. friend of Jokic's joins the Warriors. And then we'll ask some questions like, do the Nuggets need to change? And was this season a success? All that and more in today's episode. Let's start here. Mike Singer of the Denver Post reported on Tuesday afternoon that Wes Unsell Jr. is going to interview for the Orlando Magic job uh, with head coaching in mind. Unselled, obviously, <laughs> it's interesting because it's like he's a really well-regarded assistant. If you talk to him, it strikes you how great of a coach he is. He's going, I think, to do well, and yet he's labeled as a the like defensive guy for a yeah. team that, that's weakness has been definitively defense right. for the last couple of seasons. I am not at all saying this to disparage Wes Unseld. In fact, I think he's going to be a great head coach when he gets his shot. I am simply saying that this is how it's oftentimes kind of weird that like you can be really good at coaching something and still not be able to get the unit to perform to the level to which you might expect. And I've, I've seen the opposite too, where a team has been like really dynamite offensively and the guy running the offense wasn't that sharp. Um, what are your thoughts on Wes Unsell potentially go in there? I think, um, you know, my thought is it, it's interesting for Denver because you're right that he has been a defensive coach. I've known him in my conversations with him to be incredibly charismatic and likable and relaxed. And it's funny because none of those are really Michael Malone's very likable, but he's not very relaxed. So it's always funny when you have a coach who's intense. Um, and, and then you have an assistant whose personality is pretty laid back. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to evaluate head coaches. You know, he does have the familiarity with with Gary Harris and R.J. Hampton. I imagine as the Magic organization is looking for head coaches, I don't know that they would consult a player of Gary Harris's caliber and R.J. Hampton too much. But I do imagine that those guys would, you know, say, "Hey, I really like those guys. I think they'd be great." Or I don't really like him. I don't know if he'd be great. So I do feel like there's probably this is a developing story that, that could have some pretty big impacts on Denver. We've heard his name connected to teams before, but given that Gary Harris and RJ Hampton are there, I just feel like maybe it's more likely than it has been previously. Yeah. I mean, I think that there'll be other, <clears throat> there might be other jobs that open. We'll see. Uh, and those might be the ones that he'll also kind of be in line for. Um, I just think that the West is likely to do pretty well. He has a really every every player I've ever talked to about him says good things. There just seems to be a very good vibe with him. Um, yeah. Let me ask you. I, I did have some fan, fans say that they wanted to see assistant coaching changes, just as like a interesting. Well, let's mix it up and you know see what else is out there. Um, do you think that a change in the assistant coaching staff? would be a net positive for the Nuggets? I kind of do. And this is such a funny question because I've said repeatedly and I stand by it that knowing the impact that an assistant coach has is like, that's the biggest guess that we have. There's a lot of things we kind of know or know or, or have a good perspective on what impact assistant coaches actually have on team success, team style of play, all of those different things is the biggest. I mean, there's really just not that, that great a way to know this. That being said, I don't think you're going to fire Michael Malone. I mean, I, I would be so floored if that happened. Um, but I do wonder if Denver does need a little bit of new, some new life, a new voice, a new perspective. And in particular, you know, as they have to go into a season without Jamal Murray, um, you know, maybe they have to reinvent themselves even more so than what we saw in the final 15, 20 games of the season. And maybe it is just nice to have a new, a new voice in there. So part of me with, with all with the caveat that I don't know what I'm actually talking about because I don't know what those guys do. I do think the idea of some new perspective would be good. And it makes sense that that would come in the form of an assistant coach. I'm of the mindset that in the NBA, 
you have to ride things out until they don't work anymore. I think that trying to fix problems before they present themselves is oftentimes dangerous and leads to disastrous consequences. Like if you want the best example of that, the Pacers were like, okay, we're good with Nate McMillan, but could we be better? Right. Right. And like the idea was sound. Nate, Nate's offense was archaic and Nate's, you know, was stubborn and been around a long time in the NBA. And Bjorkren was part of a, a young, exciting staff team, highly recommended by Nick Nurse, who is widely considered to be the best, possibly the best, if not one of the best uh, coaches in the league. And then obviously it was an outright disaster. And Nate McMillan has the Hawks uh, competing with the, with the Sixers in the second round. So it's just like it, a lot of times these can be mistakes. I also think it's interesting. You mentioned like how we don't know these things. It's always frustrating to me that, assistant coaches are kind of held back as much as they are from the media. Yeah. Part of it is they don't want it. Cause it's like, you know, they don't get paid the money that Malone does to have to right. talk to us. Right. Oh God, if they got a fine cost them their salary, but at the same time, I always think it's kind of weird that there is kind of this like standing, the assistants don't talk, yeah. which I'm just like, look, they're part of the staff. We're not going to like, try and trip them up or, you know, like the head coach, I think it's okay to ask them tough questions. You have to ask tough, tough questions sometimes, but like with assistant coaches, it's more just like, I would like to know more about the stuff that they do. I would like to know more about their process. I like to know more about their thinking. The problem is like you, you risk the idea of them contradicting the head coach and that's where problems arise. Right. Like it's like, that's a headline on any aggregation site is like, you know, assistant coach, disagrees with head coach on direction of team or whatever so like they're all there kind of are all these things and you have to be be around them and like quite honestly like i i have failed in the past at not spending enough time you know getting to know the assistants like that's always been a weak spot in my journalistic mm-hmm. repertoire right. so i i just think that there's <clears throat> you can ask questions but of about people but it's it's hard to get a sense for how those dynamics work there's so many times when assistant questions are beneath the, like, there are issues beneath the radar. Right. Um, But I I would just say that, like, I understand the idea of trying to mix things up. I also think if you're the, if you're the players though, on some level, you're going to be like, wait, wait, wait. we went to the Western conference finals. Yeah. We come back, we get Gordon. We look like the best team in the league. Jamal gets hurt and we're switching it up. Like we're there. Like we're there. Like, just don't change anything. Like we're there. Defensively, though, and again, like it's the, anytime I say it, this it sounds like I'm throwing Wes Unseld into the bus, and I just I don't think that is the case. But you do look at Denver defensively in this series, and really for, for most of their existence in this era, just couldn't they have not been good defensively. And I wonder if there is like just a new perspective or a new idea to be had with them. Um, and I just don't know. Maybe that's maybe that comes naturally in the form of Wes Unseld gets a job. You know, David Adelman had also spent some time in Orlando. So maybe Wes Unseld builds a staff that includes David Adelman moving up. Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, all these things, who knows how it shakes out. So maybe it happens naturally. But I do just wonder if Denver could use a little bit. You always need something. I, I believe you always need something new, whether that's new players, new pieces, or even a new coach or assistant coach or whatever just something that makes the each year feel a little different um championship coaches always talk about this you run it back you're trying to repeat bring in that one vet that hasn't didn't win before and they're a little extra hungry and they provide something i just wonder if denver needs that this year in the form of an assistant coach i don't know uh, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out i'm rooting for west i wonder how important it is for coaches to have a coaching tree and michael malone doesn't have one well i guess he does chris finch becomes the first sort of branch on the michael malone coaching tree i wonder how important that is Mm, yeah that's interesting um next piece of news the warriors have added nicole Jokic's former coach there you go day on i am i am i am yeah i was pausing to let you pronounce his name so that day on milohovic the serbian charles barkley i'm told i can i cannot confirm this but i'm told Look, I, I need you to carry the Serbian parts of this podcast. <laughs> I go to you for that. You are in the culture. Yeah. I need it. Well, it's the guy that Jokic flew to Serbia to visit right before the bubble and actually ended up picking up COVID on that trip. But that was why the Nuggets released him and allowed him to go was, one, to get away. I mean, Jokic, I was thinking about this the other day when we talk about Jokic, you know, 
just how exhausted he was and trying to put perspective on the fact that he'd only missed two games in three seasons over, over the course of three seasons, but also when everybody else or almost everybody else during quarantine got to at least be around their families, even though they weren't allowed to go out in public and do all these different things, at least they got to go home, whatever home is. And Jokic spent that time in his apartment in Denver with his fiance and two brothers, which as much as that is his family, you know, it wasn't home to him. And that trip represented the one week he got to actually go and be home turned out to be more than one week because he had to stay for a little <laughs> bit extra. But, um, you know, I, I just think about the mental fatigue there. But he went there to be, be with Dayon in his last game coaching in Serbia before coming over to the NBA. So, you know, it's a, an important person in his life. And it's interesting that it was the Warriors. I'll tell you, I had heard early on he was coming but didn't know. There was several teams interested. He knew he'd have his pick. And one of the teams that he could have picked was Philadelphia. And I was thinking it would break my heart. And it might even break Jokic's heart if he went to Philadelphia and had to coach up Joel Embiid. Jokic to the Warriors, 2024, next. Oh, no. Come on. Come on. Oh, there's all the Silicon uh, Valley opportunities for Jokic. And, you know, he's, yeah, he's real sure. big into business and, and tech. For sure. He's going to be a brand mogul, I'm sure. Uh, finally, congrats, Nikola Jokic. First team All-NBA selection announced on Tuesday. No surprise there. Can't really win MVP and not be first team All-NBA. Didn't that happen? I'm trying to think if it happened a couple years back. I can't remember who it was. Uh, I thought there was an example of a player winning the MVP but being second team All-NBA, but maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken. Um I want to ask you about this team because I thought you would have a perspective on it. Giannis, Jokic, Luka, Curry, and and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, this is the year I, I've we talked about this me and you maybe on the show, but I know we've talked about it off you know sort of off the record. This has been the year of the European players sort of taking over a lot of the accolades. Obviously, Jokic MVP, but you get three foreign-born players in your top five first-team All NBA. I feel like that's a a, a and especially who it is, Luka, Jokic, Giannis. I feel like that's a, a bit of an interesting development, interesting moment. I'm sure the players will love that. I'm sure they hate that it. The U.S. players will absolutely adore that that happened. Um, I probably would have had Dame over Luka. Wow. Yeah, I thought Dame. I just thought that team literally was just like it was a lottery team. Like that was a, that was a lottery team that had Damian Lillard. That's my opinion of the Blazers. Um, the Mavericks are not world beaters by any means, right. but right. I, I thought Luka was phenomenal. Um, I just, I, I thought Dame was so big in such key moments. Like he contributed. I always, I always put these things against the context of winning. That's always like a very big thing to me. Um, Cause that's the point. Like the first point of professional sports is the money. And the second point is winning. <laughs> and so, you know, the cynics Dame, I thought, you know, even even though the Blazers finished below the the Mavericks by a game or whatever, you know, I thought Dame contributed a little bit more to winning the Luka, even though Luka was fantastic. But I don't have a huge problem with it. Um, you know, the the European influence, I think, is not European international influence. I think is a better way to say it. Is it's definitely interesting. I think the way that, that these players are kind of regarded is very interesting to me because, like, I think Luka's in the club. You think? Like, oh, I think I, he's very much not in the club. Okay, why? I think he's the wonder boy that like everybody wants to, to. I mean, I think everybody. First of all, I think the players respect the talent of Jokic, Giannis, and Luca. I don't think this is a like what? these guys can't play. I think it's a. Do they get more accolades than they deserve? And um, in some of those aspects with it, yeah. you know, or and. Look, Luca. Also, that very much so. Like, I, I think they feel that way at least, or a lot of players feel that way. But I, I, I see. Yeah, I, 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 I get more of a sense that they, they, they really think they're just like, man, Luca's cold. Like, I think that they feel because Luca's game is a little bit more traditional, right? It's, it's dribble, 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 shoot. Right. You know, like control the game, make the read, the pick and roll, finish at the rim. You know, etc. Like, his game is. Like to me, his game is like it feels very American to me. Um, Interesting. That's just my sense on it. Like I don't get the same level. I mean, it's the I same think James Harden. That's almost the identical game to James. Harden. Yeah, I th I think there's resentment based off of there is a perception that he gets more credit because he's white. Right. 
Um, but it's not the same. Whereas like, I think they're like, well, yeah, they like him more because he's like the white wonderkin. But he's still like, Luca's a cold dude versus like Joker. I think they legitimately are like, whatever. Joker's just a goofier personality. I think that Luca fits maybe more of the like quiet, you know, calculated cold player or whatever. See, I think it's kind of the opposite. I think Luke is more the one that's like going to go to the club with them. <laughs> like, I wonder. like he's, he's, Joker's I've heard. not going to the club with them. So that's, that's yeah. That's I, like I've, I've heard, like I, I've heard Luke has enjoyed the nightlife in various yeah. locales, which right? I've got no problem with I'll, I'll credit to him. If I had that kind of money right. that age and a professional athlete, I'd be doing the same thing, uh, boy you know, charm. but you know, Joker. Nope. Go, going back to, going back to the hotel yeah gonna, gonna play xbox drink a soda like i don't know Giannis. i don't know Giannis. um their reaction to Giannis, i think it's just like he doesn't have a jumper so i, I think that's where, where it kind of comes yeah. down to is they just they think he doesn't have a jumper so he's not i think that's why he's not i think he's more in the club than most but mm. um that's my perception on that but congrats to Jokic for first all first team all nba historic um, milestone by the way he now joins david thompson only two Denver Nuggets ever to be first team All NBA twice. Really, fifty four year history. Wow, man, he's probably gets got one more. I mean, you never know, but I think he's got another one in him. Oh, I think I think he's absolutely got another one in him. Um, we'll come back. We'll talk about the need for change with the Denver Nuggets. We'll talk about that as well. Looking forward to the expectations of the team uh, and did they meet expectations this season? We'll do that when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. But first. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. You can get your quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately and Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applicants that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked, L-O-C-K-E-D. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked, Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. We're also brought to you today by Built Bar. They've got nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time one. There's something for everybody is. I like the raspberry ones. Uh, my wife likes the salted caramel. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box. And you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Most of the flavors have, nine, have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day. Matt Moore alongside Adam Mares. Adam, we started talking about this with the... Question on West Unsell. I want to ask you this. Nuggets look like the absolute best team in the league after the Jamal Murray injury or after the Aaron Gordon trade before the Jamal Murray injury. Uh, they lose Jamal Murray. They lose Will Barton. They lose PJ Dozier. They get out of the first round. They beat the Blazers in six. They don't even have to go seven with them. Mm. They get swept by the Suns. Do the Nuggets need a change, more change, some changes? How much change do the Nuggets need? Again, I, th- I think that it comes down to Michael Porter is the piece. And, you know, assuming Denver is committed to him, I think we'll find that out pretty quickly here in the next 60 days or so. Um, as I anticipate, they're going to offer him some kind of extension. It'll be interesting to see how that develops. But, you know, if he's the piece, the change they need, I think, is to fully f- understand and and help facilitate unlocking his game. Now, a lot of this is on him. I'm not by no means trying to take the burden of responsibility off of the team, 
But I do think that there is a noticeable difference in the way Porter plays when one Jokic is not on the court and you know, and I'm, again, it's not just a Jokic thing, but when it's like, Oh, now I get to kind of do what I want. I get the ball and I just get to do what I want. Like he has a difference to him. And so just the change I think comes from how do you now work Porter into what has worked so well for you and to get the most out of Porter, which I think Denver needs to, I do think that they all have to find a way to adapt uh, strategically have to find a way to adapt and it's going to be hard, but that to me, that's, that's the key. That's interesting. So, I mean, that is an interesting question, right? It's like, is it has MPJ shown that he is deserving of that kind of structure built specifically for him? That's the, that's the million dollar. That's actually a, it's a great question. I think it's at the heart of it because I'm not sure. And I think certainly if you're going off of this playoffs, you know, the playoffs reveal the real you. I, I really think that. And in the regular season, I think the answer was probably yes, because he did defend at a much higher level than before. He did offensively look like this piece that you can't hide anymore, but in the playoffs, he didn't. And um, so I don't know the answer to that. I think that probably requires, you know, more insight from behind the scenes about exactly how he's respected by his teammates and and the coaching staff and this or that. And I, I really don't know, but as a player, it's tough, man. This playoff run, in my opinion, was just not a great one from him. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, <clears throat> you know, the conversation about him gets really tough because, and I struggled with this really from the beginning. When, when he struggled, it was well, he's not given enough opportunity. That's all. That like that's the problem. He's not given the opportunity. In regular yeah, season, you're talking about early on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And he was given the opportunity once he like got better at some of the things. He was given the opportunity, and he thrived at certain points. And then the playoffs came around and it was like, okay, you're going to be featured. But even in the playoffs, I did not feel like they still haven't taken the time to build an offense around MPJ. I don't think so. I feel like they've still like, I feel like a lot of it was we have the Jokic offense and you're going to fit into this or you're not going to play. Correct. And they do have to, I think, get him some opportunities, but I also don't know what that looks like, especially with how his handle looked. Right. That's a bit, this is why it's so tricky because both of the things you're bringing up are what make it so hard. One, has he earned it? Cause you don't want to just give a guy like, Hey, he's got the talent to do it. So he might as well do this. Like you kind of have to earn it by doing all of the other things and being a guy that delivers in some of those biggest moments. And he kind of has like, it's not that it's, he's a zero on this scale. He's just not a 10 on that scale. Like it's, he's somewhere in between on the, has he proven slash earned it um, in the playoffs scale. Um, and then the other part of it is just what you said. He has a weird skill set. He's so elite at certain things, but he's so bad at other things that it's really uneven. Can you run pick and rolls for him? Probably not. So, okay, how do we come up with an offense where he's not necessarily a pick and roll threat that involves Jokic, but also involves him? It's, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly kind of wonder. Like, here, here's an actually like a really interesting question. If you swapped Michael Porter Jr. and Chris Apps Porzingis, <laughs> okay how much better do the Dallas Mavericks look? If you just, if you put Porter in the role of pick and pop, pick and roll, like those, those other mechanisms, spot up shooter, those kind of things. Like I, I, this is why it was always kind of weird that he and Murray didn't really have like killer chemistry because their games, it would seem like would play very well off of one another, you know? Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, the Michael Porter conundrum is so interesting because Again, two months ago, I was so convinced. It was like, oh, he's here. He's arrived. And then this playoff run. And it's not like Denver went up against these. I mean, Mikel Bridges is a really good defender. Phoenix as a team was a good defense. Defense. So maybe there's something to it. And by the way, I should also say this, Matt. I'm so curious to see what happens with Phoenix going forward. There's a chance that Phoenix sweeps the next round or wins in five in the next round, then goes to the finals and wins in five games or four games in the finals. I don't think that's going to happen. But it's one of those things that if it happens, we look back at the series with a completely different perspective. You go, oh, they ran into the eventual champs and we just didn't know it at the time. Like that that could happen. Or they could go into the next round and get swept by the Clippers or, or Jazz. And then we go, oh my God, Denver. I thought 
they made the Suns look like true contenders when they were never close. Um, so there's that perspective on it. But Mikael Bridges is a good defender. The first round, though, Norman Powell, he's good. He's good. He's not a bad player. But there's a Norman Powell in every round of the playoffs every single year. And if if that's a guy that's going to force you to not look like a difference maker every single game, and Michael Porter had his moments, but if you're if you're not a better than what he performed, then yeah, that's you know that just shows there's a lot of work to do. I think a lot of it is I'll say this about the Suns: I expect them to beat the Jazz and lose to the Clippers. That's my position going in. Is that if it's the Jazz, I like the Suns. If it's the Clippers, I like the Clippers. So that's my perspective on we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens because this playoffs is so weird to me like every every time i feel like i have a handle on it you know oh utah's just better than the than the clippers so that that one's over then they storm back or Mm -hmm. you know brooklyn's so much better than milwaukee then milwaukee stands storms back so we'll just have to wait and see and the phoenix suns are so much better than the nuggets oh no the suns really are better than really actually yeah that one is it's just there that one actually is pretty apparent um you know the change thing i do think I'm heartbroken that I think that Millsap's time on the team is probably over. I think back to what he said in his exit interview. Was it last year or two years ago? I think it was two years ago when he said, I want to write my story my way. I don't think this is what he had in mind, but <laughs> so yeah. with you, but at the same time, I mean, he doesn't have a role in this team anymore. Yeah. I mean, he had moments. He had some moments where he was huge still this season. Like I think, People, I kind of no. He did. Don't shake your head at me. He had some in the, regu- in the regular season. I don't think in the playoffs. No, he, but I also say like I don't. The thing I always said about Millsap going in was that it was going to have to be matchup dependent, and I don't think either matchup was good for him. Yeah. Like be. if they if they made it out of the second round and they got into the Clippers, I think he's viable. Like I like him versus Marcus Morris a lot, mm. just like I did last year. You know, if it's. Now, honestly, if it's the Jazz, I don't mind him versus the versus favors. But so I mean, I think his time is probably probably up. I think that there's the need for a veteran guard that they're gonna have to have at some point. They need a veteran guard. I just I like Austin Rivers a lot, and I hope that Austin Rivers has a spot on this team. My problem is I'm like, I don't think you can run it back with like they better not run it back with. Jamal, you know, out until all-star Monte Faku Rivers Barton. That 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 backcourt is not good enough. I have hope it's just for Dozier. Not- I have hope for Dozier. Like if, I mean, if you just told me if Denver ran it back with the guys they have, you know, Monte and Barton are the, your starters. And then Faku and Dozier are not a natural fit. Dozier and Rivers, are they a natural fit off the bench? Maybe a little bit more natural. Like I I could see that working. Um I don't know. It's tough to add a guard for a lot of money when you have one coming back that is going to take take the mantle. Right. Yeah, I'm not looking for I'm not Kyle looking Lowry. For, yeah, I'm not looking for Kyle Lowry. I'm looking for uh, a player you adore and love. And that's oh. DJ. Uh, that's DJ Augustine. Uh, <clears throat> that kind of player. We talking Alonzo here? We doing a Lonzo take? Oh, no, I said DJ Augustine. Oh, DJ Augustine. Oh, I thought you were <laughs> – okay. Well, you know what's funny? Lonzo, I... you, you got to give up this dream, man. Lonzo's, Lonzo, Lonzo's price is way, <laughs> way beyond. It's That is not going to happen. <laughs> the idea of Lonzo is still very attractive to teams, and his agent is very good at getting people to pay money so that they are in business with him because of who he represents. So, yeah. well – well, yeah, but it, DJ Augustine's in. I mean, look, it's what Denver needs is more small guards. He would right. actually be Denver's like fourth tallest guard, third tallest guard. So um, it might work. Um, might so I think small forward. I think it's interesting though to, to look at like uh, just the idea of does Denver need to? to uh, here's a, a actually broader question: Does Denver need to change their identity because? the Suns kind of punked them a little bit. And this has been the, the, the going thing with them, right. Is like, they're mentally resilient and will come back and beat you. But teams still think they can punk them. Yeah. I, I just think it's hard. Like Phoenix, I don't think Phoenix would have punked them with Jamal Murray and, and PJ Dozier and Will Bart, a healthy Will Barton from the start. Would they have beat them? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't, it's too hard to say, but I don't think they would have been punked. I think it would have been more like 
the Utah series without game three being the blowout that it was. Like, I just think it would have been a series where it's like, yeah, Denver's not getting any stops, but guess what? Phoenix is neither. So let's see who, let's see who closes this down the stretch. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll ask about the question about whether or not the Nuggets reached expectations this season. We'll get to that after the break. But first, you know, Michael Ultra has tasked us with the Ultra Player of the Week. It's a player who on and off the court brings joy, passion, and happiness to fans and their team. It's really our last one of the actual play of, of when all the Nuggets are in play. It's important to remember it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. So I will ask you this question. Oh, um, please don't. <clears throat> Who's the ultra player of the year? Looking oh, back on this. Thank God for saving me. Um, well, who else could it be? Come on. I think I handed this award to Jokic every single week we've done this, and I'm going to hand it to him now as a, a season achievement. The MVP, of course, it's Nikola Jokic. I don't know who else I could possibly even shoehorn this to. Yeah, I think he does. If it's not Joker, who is like the second most joyful player this season? Probably Composo, right? Like he was the one that everybody got really excited whenever he played well. Man, this is a tough one. This is a really tough one. Like MPJ, I think people were excited and just like, yeah. holy yeah. crap, you know? But when Composo would do stuff, it would like you could tell in the arena there was like a, a, a reaction to him. Um, I don't know, man. There's, I don't think there's a good second answer to this one, honestly. I gotta, I'm just sticking with Joker. I'm not giving a second answer. Okay, well, I, I would also put Paco Composo on it for – Inspiring joy in his teammates. They love playing with him. They were very excited for him. Um, just a, a really joyful year uh, for the mascot of the Denver Tops game. Um, <laughs> but for, for Faku Composo uh, this season. But yes, Joker absolutely brought a smile to everyone's face, uh, except for <laughs> ex, except for poor uh, campaign. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hope he's okay, man. I hope he's recovered from that. Oh, yeah. That incredible hit. Oh, my God. Laid out on the ground like he died. I hope he's okay. <laughs> he hit him in the face, Adam. Can't do that. It's kind not of. allowed. Kind of. You definitely can't do it. It's definitely not allowed. But Definitely not allowed. He was also uh, not, uh, he was not <laughs> knocked unconscious the way he made it appear. We're also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. You can actually get some bets in, then go to the ballpark, watch the Rockies lose, and uh, buy, bet some props and have a good time. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams make their runs in the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts use promo code locked on. We're also brought to you today by rockauto.com. You can find the absolute best prices and on any part for any model that you need at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for do-it-yourselfers and mechanics versus just you going in by the store. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. They don't require membership or an account login. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We'll be right back. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And with those numbers, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. On the Locked On Today podcast, Kevin Durant was all the Brooklyn Nets needed. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, Adam. So the Nuggets got swept this is the first time this season and in, in under michael malone and nikola Jokic, this is the first time that they either have not won more games in the last the yeah. season prior or gone further in the playoffs this is the first step back 
for the Denver Nuggets as a franchise in the Jokic Malone era. Did they meet expectations this year? I, man, this is it's a tough question on a lot of different levels, but I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that they did. I mean, you have to look. The injuries happened, and that's just because of that. Everything else does, you know. You have to adjust how you score. But if you just look at, did Denver reach a higher peak? at their peak this season than any peak before? And I think the answer is yes. Now, of course, comparing regular season to playoffs is always tough, but the Nuggets, when they got Aaron Gordon, and for that week, that magical week we all got to see, that did look like the best version of the Jokic-era Nuggets I'd ever seen. And so I would say yes. Then disaster struck, and the rest is history. I'm going to say no. Um, I think it's reasonable to say that. You know, Malone talks a lot about how, like, the just excuses don't fly in this industry. And he's right. Like, in sports, we just expect you to win. Yeah. It doesn't matter the circumstances that you're under. We expect you to win. And the Nuggets were still expected, I think, to be better than they were. It's weird because it's like you have to kind of – if you look at the, uh, if you take a step back, if you take the 10,000 view of this team and you say, all right, they finished with this record. They finished without Jamal Murray. Michael Porter Jr. missed time with COVID. Uh, they were one of the final four and all those teams were a mess. Brutal schedule. All of these things. Short off season, new guys brought in. <clears throat> you lower the expectation, but the reality is that this team made the Western Conference final. So the, the bar was still high. Here is my biggest thing. Their low points were really low this season. Like that start was tough. Like they lost the Kings three times in two weeks. And there were times they would, they would have a stretch where they played better. And then like, do you remember that point? Like the Celtics game, right? Where like, it just looked like this team is lost. And then they, after that, like that's when they started to really get on a run. No, 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 no. You're mixing it up. It actually was the Nuggets got Aaron Gordon were great for like five games. Jamal Murray gets hurt. Not the big injury, but a little one. They still win, I think, three or four more games. And they almost won that Celtics game three quarters. They were fantastic. And then there was a collapse. The next game, Murray came back and then tore his ACL. So that that actually came in the middle of the peak for the Nuggets. Um, I hear you but I'm actually referring to the first Celtics game. Oh, the first Celtics loss. I actually don't remember that one then. Yeah. Um, time is a weird thing anymore. But if you look at uh, Boston Celtics, February 16th, before the Aaron oh, Gordon. Jokic, yo, this was a Jokic 47-point game or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they beat the Cavaliers, the Thunder, and the Lakers, and then they lose to the Celtics. And it looks like, okay, they kind of turned it around a little bit because they'd lost four or five before that. You know, they beat the Cavaliers and Thunder. They get that win versus the Lakers when everybody's hurt, right? Right, yeah. Um, and then they lose to the Celtics and the Wizards, beat the Cavs. Then they lose yeah, the Hawks again. Them. Yeah, they beat Cavs the Blazers and we're like, oh, what a win. But then they lose to the Wizards again. And then after that is like when they straighten it out. Let, let me ask you this. Given what we know now and what we know now is Will Barton did not touch a basketball in the offseason. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously it's just everybody exhausted and Murray came in this like, is it, did they, does that like lower maybe what you should have expected of the Nuggets this season? Uh, yeah. I mean, this is the thing, right. Is like, do you, the, the, the real question here is, do you want to set reasonable expectations or do you want to say we're going to hold these high standards? Yeah. And I, honestly, I think that was something that Malone struggled with all season. I, I agree with that. I actually think you're right about that. I like, think I that think, was very hard for him. I think Malone, because they had been so good with him dictating, doesn't matter that we're hurt. doesn't matter it's a back-to-back. We're going into Milwaukee. We're getting this win. Uh, like, next man up. Like, that. his whole thing had been, we're going to play the right way, and good things are going to come to us if we play the right way. And this season, it didn't matter if you play the right way because the schedule was just a fucking mess. Yeah. And honestly, you can look around at them and you can see how many teams suffer with that too. Yeah. Like it's easy to point to the final four, 
but you need to look past the fact that they made the conference finals and you need to look at a Celtics team that has been defined by their effort under Brad Stevens. Like that team always competed. And there were times the Celtics just didn't have it. There was a big heat just towards the end where they did not have it. The the heat, the whole thing is heat culture, right? They I even like, bought into that one. Like, okay, the Heat didn't have a great year. They had all this bad luck. But once the playoffs get here, they're a whole new beast. They weren't. They were the same beast. <laughs> they were lifeless. Um, the best example of this is the Raptors, right? Like, the Raptors are, like, they have all this development and all this talent, and Nurse is considered to be, like, the best coach. And, and like, they have that championship mentality, quote-unquote, without Kawhi, all of this stuff. And, like, they just didn't have it. They, they, were, they have all of them have an excuse though. I mean, they were literally in a hotel room for that. right. But I, I, I think that the Nuggets met expectations this year. I, I know I that's. I think it's, to say. it's such a. Weird I think it's fair to say it. I think it's fair to say it because it was such a mess. It's the true. question I think it's maybe bigger though. Is can you really? I'll say this. I think oftentimes you can look. Like there's that whole thing, right? Of like, te- like losses are, the, are a better teacher. Yeah. I do think that there are times when you can make the mistake of just going like, well, this, that, and the other, and then you ignore problems. And for me, I gotta be honest with you. I think one of the big problems is the roster. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I, this, you're not wrong there. Like, and a lot of this was, I'll say this, like a lot of this was, as a season went on, it got more unbalanced, right? Yeah, that yeah. middle, that middle section when, when Hampton was playing and Zeke was playing and you had all these options, even when Gary was, was out and it was like, all right, you got Jamal and you got Monte and you got Will, and you've also got RJ and Faku and you can use either one of those interchangeably as like what you need inside of a certain game. Like if you need the explosiveness, you've got him. And then you also had Zeke that was giving you really good minutes like Najee, I thought had a really good rookie season before he hit the wall. I thought he was really good. And then, but then like the team that they became, they, they kept the same rotation. And like, in terms of the amount number of players played after Murray got hurt and you can't blame Malone. Cause he can't be playing, to, you know, you can't play 11 dudes in a playoff series. You just, right. you can't. Yeah. But the problem was that the roster was so unbalanced that that backcourt was bad, but also like you had to play Jamichael Green, Paul Millsap. You didn't have like counters to one another. Yeah. You know? And so a lot of this is, I think the off season, Jeremy Grant caught them off guard. They made moves on the margins. And the question is going to be, what do they do with this off season? Because they're cap strapped. They don't have a lot of flexibility, but they're going to have to figure out ways to reshape the roster. I think yeah. like, and, and the, the problem with that is you lose the continuity. Like this is all the cost, right? Like Gary was the first one to really go, but this is part of it is like, you're going to need to reshape some stuff. And like, will may just leave. Yeah. He might. I haven't spoken to anybody in Will's camp. I don't know anything about it, but I, it would not, I expect it. I mean, nobody else seems to, but I, I kind of do like, it would not shock me at all if Will Barton took like exercise his player option and some team out there was like, you are exactly what we're looking for. We'll pay you 17 million a year. Mm. You mean like his player option? I don't yeah. even, I don't even know if it's that. I just, I, I wonder if Will Barton is ready for a change of scenery. Yeah. And so like, if that happens, well, now you're in like a real bind because Will was really big in those games. Like, he was a really big reason why they were great after the Aaron Gordon trade and no one talked about it. Yeah. Like it was just, Oh, look at how great they are with, with the core four. Like we did it. Like we talked oh, about yeah. it. Oh, totally. And Barton was just the, the other, the other guy, the interchange. And instead it was like, look, if, if Will's not the floor spacer or transition guy or exactly what he brought to the table, it gets tough. So there are all these ways that this can go sideways you know, and that's one thing that I have a really hard time with. Like, I expected the, the Nuggets to beat the Suns. And a lot of it was based off of the faith I have in this team, off of what they showed in the bubble. But now I do have that question of, like, look, I can't sit here and say, and, like, I do. I kind of look at the heat and go, like, mm, there was some weird stuff that went on there. 
I can't look at that and then just completely dismiss the possibility that like, no, it was a special environment. The Nuggets were well built for it and they made the run. But I don't know, like they're not that team anymore. Jeremy Grant's not there, you know, like everything's different. This is what's kind of scary about the future of the Nuggets is I kind of wonder if this season is going to be traumatic in mm. the ripple effects that it has on this team. That's why I asked Malone in the in that presser if he thought there was going to be effects going forward. Because look, the whole year, the the from 2000 from from February 2020 to now has been pretty traumatic for everybody on some level. So totally. I think they're mentally exhausted. Yeah. And and and, you're, and I do worry about the carryover there because of how tall the task will be to start out. And that is interesting. That's why I was so surprised when you said next year you're taking them to come out of the West because my thoughts on them are it's so early. I mean, there's so much time to pass, but I just wonder, man. I I, I wonder about residual effects of this season. But that's part of why I like them to win the title next year. <laughs> it's the hardest spot, right? Like, you know, that's the thing. I I will say this. I, I don't have a lot of worries about, you know, there's this idea of like, well, how are they going to get by until Murray gets back? I was like, this team has figured out how to, how to win at a high enough clip. Like they'll just, they'll, they'll find wins on the margins and they'll, they'll be in a spot to make a run at some point. They'll make that run and they'll still wind up 50 plus wins. I just, I don't really, I'm not concerned about the regular season. Yeah. Well, um, and to that point, the Brooklyn Nets continue to, to prove the regular season doesn't matter. Look, the Jazz, if it's the Jazz and the Suns in the Western Conference. True, true, yeah. But but here, maybe this is the thing. I do think this is the thing to kind of think about, though, Adam, as we, we've talked, you know, I've talked about this before. What if the regular season only matters in the West? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm here's serious. My, here's, here's my take. I think it's really important to be healthy, and I think it's important to be healthy long enough to build continuity and 82 games, that's too many. Like, but if you're healthy for the last 40 games of the season, then perfect. You've nailed it. Somehow you nailed it. That that's that's what actually matters. So if the Nuggets are going to sprain an ankle, sprain it early. That's early on, man. Then Murray comes back and everybody's healthy, and you're just healthy from the time he comes back to the playoffs. Perfect. It's the Nuggets exist in this very weird place right now between dissatisfaction after how it ended and optimism for what they can be. Yeah. And it's just, a, it's going to be a very weird place to exist in, which is why I think the off season is like, I think this off season is way more important than last. Interesting. I, th- I think so too. I think you made the Western conference finals. You couldn't control Jeremy Grant leaving. Cause I, like I said, this, you know, Sam Presti, when KD left, they didn't have a backup plan. Right. Like you plan for Kevin Durant to come back because if he leaves, you lost Kevin Durant. And so like their roster that next year when Russ won MVP was horrible because Presty hadn't had any time to like reconfigure yeah. and they make Paul George trade. Right. Like it, it, it's not that first year after a major shift, a downshift happens is what you do after is when you have to kind of to bank on it. And now the front office knows it's going to be that the playoff rotation is going to be Jamal Murray, a guard, Aaron Gordon, Michael Parra Jr., Nikola Jokic, Monte Morris. And then that's it. That That's all we, I think we know going into next season. Yeah. There are a lot of mysteries, man. A lot of mysteries with this team. Will Barton is a really big inflection point. So as is Jamichael Green. Do you have uh, thoughts on that Nets Bucks game? Um, only that Kevin Durant's really good, amazing, and, prob- and probably the best player in the world. <laughs> yeah, he's the best. Yeah, I think he is. I mean, it's it sucks that he's there with you know Harden and Kyrie, but tonight you know Kyrie and Harden was less than himself by a lot, and Kevin Durant had to dig deep, and he did. He, he went. He played maybe the best game I've ever seen him play. There's part of me that's sad. Like, I'm glad to see it happen. And I think KD's incredible. Like, somebody that's loved his career the entire way from college on. I'm just, I'm wired badly for the NBA, man. And the reason is because, like, I'm watching, you know, Kevin Durant 
have this incredible performance with Jeff Green chipping in 27 points. It was great. Blake Griffin was great. Um, and James Harden is right there next to him, even though the Harden was clearly limited. And like, all I can think of is like, if you're an OKC fan, <laughs> yeah, like, you're a Thunder fan and you're just like, okay. Like yeah. they're, you know, they're on the verge of accomplishing this is like, not for you though. You don't get that. That's yeah. not what you get, you know? And like, this is, people really don't understand it. I, I really, I, I've taken this staying off of Twitter during Bucks games. And the reason is because like, there is just such a viciousness. Like, it's really weird to me that basically everyone is rooting. I know that the Nets are hurt. I get it. They're still the Nets. Yeah, I know. This is what's so weird about this day and age is the fan bases are so removed from the actual players and this or that, that like, yeah, Nets fans probably deserve this. They've had a lot of pain and suffering, but the idea of like the team being assembled, but you saying this about Jeff Green, because I never think of him as back in the day, but it really would be like, you know, I, I don't know how I'd put this Jokic, Michael Porter, and Wancho winning together, like only in you know for the Knicks or something, and we'd all be sitting Malik. there. Kind of like, it's it's Malik Beasley. That's what it is. Maybe Malik Beasley, and you're just like, oh, those are our guys. That's right. I remember that. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, glad they're winning good titles. Thing, good thing we have 37 draft picks over the next four years, though. Exactly. Exactly. Are you ready for draft prep? Are you I'm excited? Ready, I'm ready. Are you excited? I started this week. I've actually started doing draft stuff. Oh, nice. Any, any, any guys you really love at the 26th pick? Uh, is Kaminga going to fall that far? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I don't have a guy yet then. Um, all right. Let's get wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Check out the podcast uh, wherever you get apps. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Nuggets. If you want a video version of the show this week, we'll have one up uh, either tomorrow or the next day on Nine News. You can check that out as well. And for Adam Morris from DMVR, I'm Matt Moore. Thanks for listening to Locked On Nuggets. <laughs>